1: The pursuit for the Stanley Cup is on, and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has an unbelievable offer for the most exciting playoffs in sports. New customers can bet $5 on any team to win and get $100 in free bets no matter what Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN to bet $5 on any NHL team to win and get $100 in free bets, no matter what. That's code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Devils fans, we have another very special guest joining us here on the Devils State of Mind podcast. It is someone who has just returned to the Garden State and is currently a writer who's covering the Devils for StarLedger slash NJ.com. It is with great pleasure that we welcome on Mr. Ryan Novazinski. Ryan, first and foremost, welcome to the Devils State of Mind podcast. How are you doing today, my friend?
0: Well, uh, Neil, I feel like I'm in a devil's state of mind. Uh, you know, <laughs> the fan base has been really great, uh, really, really receptive. Um, and, yeah, it's been a good time. My matches have been going crazy the past couple of days, um, and that's in large part thanks to – you guys have made me laugh. That's in large part thanks to uh, to to the Devils fans out there. You guys
1: made me laugh, smile, and, and uh, it's been a good time. Well, that's what uh, that's what we try to do, and and I feel like I could speak for a lot of Devils fans, saying that uh, it's just great that we have another Devils writer. Obviously, it's been uh, it's been a little bit difficult over the last two or three years to get some consistent outside uh, Devils coverage, not just. Um, not just from the team. So I think just, you know, having someone like you covering a team consistently, I, I think is tremendous. And we're, uh, we're really excited to see a lot of the stuff that you're going to be uh, reporting on and sharing in the stories and articles. It's it's very exciting. So I'm very much looking forward to um, a lot of the stuff you have coming up in the future, man. So again, we, we thank you for doing this today.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Thank you guys so much. Uh, and, and look, like, that that's what's we, we kind of saw that and we saw that the Devils were not getting as much independent coverage um, aside right, from, right. you know, the blogs, which do a great job. Honestly. I really think they do a really good job. There's a lot of uh, Devils blogs who have stepped in and, and said like, hey, if, you know, if it's just going to be the team that's covering this, then we're going to you know, cover the crap out of them, too. And and they do a great job, you know. Yeah. Um, and so we just decided to, to come on back to that to doing that when I got uh, hired here. I was just, you know, really, really persistent in in devil's coverage and stuff like that, because I'm a big fan of hockey. I've been my whole life. Um, I played hockey for a week once. Um, I was a goalie. (laughs) I gave up uh, 10 goals at the Princeton University hockey camp um, when I was like in, I want to say sixth grade. Um, And then I quit and never played again because I gave up 10 goals in a game.
1: well I kind of know how you feel because like I played I played goalie in high school for like a year and I was giving up on average like 12 11 you know goals a game so I, I definitely understand um, when you get that realization that maybe uh, you know covering the game is probably the, the better option than uh, necessarily playing it but uh, you know we all have we all have our, our great moments co- you know talking about hockey and obviously also you know, talking about the devils. And that's kind of brings me to my first, like really quick personal question to you, Ryan. Sure. Is how did you become a fan of the devils? Cause I'm always curious to know, especially with other fans and people who cover the team, how they became a fan of the team.
0: Now I do want to say for the record here that, uh, as journalists, we are, we are not fans. Um, fair enough. Like in terms of, uh, you know, my newspaper, especially like we right. are just independent covers of the team. Um, and that's, that's my role. I will, I will, uh, not reveal which, which, which of the NHL teams I, I uh, affiliated with. Um, oh, okay. and I, honestly, at this point, I'm, I'm not like, I, I completely just gave up the fandom thing. Um, I just okay. covered the team like it is. And it's, it, but you know, that's what I think is kind of fun. Like I can watch every game and not have, you know, an emotional investment in it. Mm-hmm. I can, you know, it, it's kind of relieving when like, you get into, you know, the, the big uh, newspaper games, like, you know, you, you can watch like uh, your, your um, even if it's like your childhood favorite team, I, I do this sometimes yeah. in baseball, I'm watching them and I'm like, huh, I, I do not care um, anymore. <laughs> you know, and it's like they, they can lose you. and I'm like, okay, that's fine. Um, Cause I, I've covered a lot of sports, um, a lot of different sports in my days. And that, that was one of the things that, that um you know helped me through it was that like you know i i don't don't care anymore
1: (laughs) no i i totally get that uh completely and uh like i like i said it's always kind of a an interesting step as to you know how people get into the sport and how they get into different teams and you know i i definitely understand you know where you're coming from and especially as uh someone who also is in, you know, the media and stuff like that. Um, it's a little bit different on my end. I'm a little bit more invested in the team because, you know, it's what I cover and this is a podcast for the fans, by a fan, as I always say. So, uh, but, but I still get it. I still get the that whole point. So I kind of want to shift gears a little bit and talk about, obviously talk about the Devils and some of the things that you have uh, already put out. One of the things that I noticed was actually a, uh, a tweet that you put out yesterday On Twitter, and you said it's a small, but I have a PK Subban timetable update. So, for the listeners here who may not have seen it, can you give us kind of an update as to what you've heard from PK Subban and uh, his agent?
0: Yeah, so I I texted with him yesterday, and um, he was he was very nice about it. And I you know I I asked him straight up. I was like, hey, like, uh, do you have an update on PK Subban and and sort of what his decision process is going to be? And I asked him in the in the text that I sent him. I said. You know whether that's um, him re-signing with the Devils or uh, you know exploring other options. And He told me he told me that you know he they're they're gonna meet um, in the next uh, couple of weeks in the coming weeks and then they will have a further update about uh, what he plans to do this off season. Um, mm-hmm. So it sounds like to me that that he uh, may meet with the Devils um, if you know and and which is kind of interesting because it seems like they you know a couple months ago there was that big story where. Fitzgerald said that he wasn't going to resign him. Um, right. And I think the phrasing of all of it was kind of weird in that story because you didn't know if he was going to you know, give him an extension by the uh, extension deadline or mm-hmm. if he was going to give him an extension at all. And like, I think they didn't even, the NHL.com article that did that, mm-hmm. I didn't even see it clarified in there. So um, yeah, like there is some stuff moving with PK Suba. And what I will say is this too, it seems like the wheels are in motion um for him to be like like in terms of being excited about the devils when he won the the award the other day the uh fantasy right. trophy he seemed really excited about it like he re- and meaning he seemed excited about the devils like that was the first team you know it was the first thing he mentioned when he was um saying thank you to all the fans he, he mentioned the devils at first Ooh. even on espn uh he did the same thing so he seems to be like having a devil's focused mindset right now will that turn into a contract i don't know but um, as of right now, I will, I will uh, definitely keep you guys updated. I just wanted to give a small update on, on PK Subban's timetable update, uh, which I got yesterday.
1: Yeah, it was really interesting when you, when you put that out there and you know talking about PK Subban because again, you're referencing the article that was written by Pierre LeBrun of the Athletic. He had a one-on-one interview like two or three months ago with General Manager Tom Fitzgerald, and one of the things that Fitzgerald did mention is the fact that they really have no intention, or at least just based off of the article, they have no intention of bringing PK Subban back. But as I also mentioned, I'm kind of in the situation where you kind of say, you know, you know, never say never, so to speak. And uh, we we don't know what this offseason is going to bring when it terms of the defensive side. I think we have a pretty good idea as to where we are when it comes to, you know, what the devils are going to focus on when it comes to goaltending as well as, you know, obviously trying to focus on the top six and we'll, We'll talk about that in a little bit, but it was just a very interesting note to to that you put out. And and Subban did indeed, you know, mention the Devils first when he accepted the King Clancy Award, and he was very very excited to uh, you know represent the New Jersey Devils. I remember on his Instagram post uh, at the end of the season, very very excited about the team moving forward. And uh, as I mentioned, I think that if the Devils were to bring back PK Subban on maybe a one or two year deal, and he plays towards you know the bottom half of the uh, defensive pairings. I think that honestly can't be that bad of a move, um, especially if we want to still have some veteran um, presence on the back end, because we do have a lot of young prospects like Shakir Mukumadoulin, Luke Hughes, to just name a couple that are coming up, but maybe they're not fully ready to go. So I think that's just very interesting, Ryan, that you, you brought that up. It was definitely something uh, worth discussing and worth kind of, um, thinking about. So that's definitely something that we will certainly keep in mind. Now, the next uh, thing I want to discuss with you, Ryan, is simply about the fact that, uh, you know, Haley uh, Salvian, who uh, covers the Calgary Flames for uh, The Athletic, and I mentioned this in my previous episode, uh, she wrote an article uh, for The Athletic that talked about the top top five places that um, that could obviously, you know, be a really good fit for Flames superstar Johnny Gaudreau. One of them was, not surprisingly, the New Jersey Devils. And Pierre Lebrun of The Athletic also said, um, I believe yesterday, that uh, the Devils are going to make a major push for uh, Johnny Gaudreau if he does reach free agency. So what can you tell us about you know, Johnny Gaudreau potentially coming back to the Garden State? Right. Everything that I will
0: say right now is, is pure speculation because, you know, the, the other reporters right there, I, I don't have any connections uh, personally in, in Johnny Joe's mm-hmm. camp. Um, I'm working on it right now. But I, did, I did just get on the beat, but um, I'm definitely working <laughs> on that to see what I can figure out. Um, however, I will say when it first came out that he was, you know, a potential suitor for the New Jersey Devils. I had already been thinking about this for weeks. I thought that that he could be one of those sort of dark horse candidates of, of – um, Players that the Devils could sign this offseason. And think about that. If they got the Ooh. top three in the entire class, I think that would be utterly outstanding for this team. Now, um, you know, it's just like a bunch of perfect storm things. Uh, he's from Jersey. Obviously, he grew up a Flyers fan, but um, it, their cap uh, situation is a mess. And I think the Flyers are way, way worse off than the Devils are right now, uh, despite what the standings, you know, kind of the similarities there. I think the Devils are kind of close. If if they get somebody like a Drow, I think it's Mm -hmm. even closer um, to to make it back to the playoffs. I mean, look, nine times out of the last 10 years, they haven't made the playoffs. And like getting a guy like Goudreau, um, getting Dougie last offseason, those are moves that put you into the playoffs. You know what I mean? And I even think going back to Super, I think having a better leadership amongst these, um, you know, like just young guys in the locker room, I think Mm -hmm. that's what's going to set this team apart. So they've got to get Somebody they got to bring back the Suban. They got to bring back, um, uh, they got to look for Johnny Gajar, who's not only talented but you know has that better leadership, uh, too. You know, he's, he's been through it with the Calgary Flames, he's been to the playoffs with the Calgary Flames. He's gonna be somebody that is good. And I think if he wants to get back closer to home, the Devils are his best option right now.
1: Yeah, and I think that's something that, uh, we've obviously, as Devils fans and, and, and people, you know, covering a team, that's something we have talked about. Um, to a great extent when you look at the fact that, you know, when you look at some of the things the devils are looking for, obviously goaltending is probably number one, but uh, as Fitzgerald put it himself, he is not afraid to go out and make another big splash in free agency. And I think, you know, Knowing how the Devils got the number one player in free agency last year, the Devils are in prime position to potentially do it again for a second straight year with a guy like Johnny Gaudreau if he does indeed reach free agency, which I think as we get closer to free agency, I think that there's a very good chance he probably ends up going to free agency and seeing what is out there. And as we know that Fitzgerald does a pretty good job of pushing um, different uh Different players to uh, you know be convinced to come here. So then again, I know Johnny Gaudreau ended up as a uh, well, he didn't end up. He grew up a he grew up a, uh, a Flyers fan, living down in Salem, New Jersey, which is a lot closer to Philadelphia than uh, than Newark. But I don't think he would he would take it out of the realm of possibility to maybe come you know back to New Jersey and play for uh, play for his team. I have no idea what happened. <laughs> yeah i don't know it either i, I kind of just stopped but that that's fine we i, I can i can edit any of all that stuff so okay cool. I have
0: no idea what happened
1: <laughs> no it's all good it's all good so you know i'll, I'll just start again in like in, in three seconds okay three, okay two. all right so here we go three two one so yeah at the end of the day i think it's you know again the devils are involved in so many different rumors and so many different things especially over the last 24 to 48 hours and you know Johnny Gaudreau is one of those big name guys that uh obviously if the Devils got him it would really kind of put the Devils even more on the map and it would kind of be a message you know sending a message to the rest of the NHL to say hey look we are here to win and Tom Fitzgerald has made up very clear that this team needs to start winning they need to get it back into the playoffs they need to have this success we have a very very um you know very talented team with a lot of different pieces a lot of cap space a lot of different ways that we can do it. Now, kind of staying on topic, Ryan, with regards to the, you know, rumors and stuff like that, the other one, which again, I will say this very much, that the chances of this is relatively slim, considering all the things we've heard, but we got a lot of interesting news 48 hours ago from Boston, and it started with Bruce Cassidy ending up being surprisingly fired after being the head coach for the Bruins for the last six seasons. And then we heard speculation from The Athletic that apparently the Bruins could be looking at a David Posternock trade at some point this year. And he will be on the final year of his contract um, that he signed with Boston, and he'll be a free agent um, in 2023. One of the teams that was um, definitely up there when it comes to you know a potential landing spot for David Posternock if a trade were to happen is the New Jersey Devils. Is there anything that you could potentially tell us or in your own thoughts about maybe the possibility of a guy like possible ending up in New Jersey? Yeah. You know, it's just
0: one of those things that you have to, I guess, like it depends on what Fitzgerald's thinking at the time. Cause you know, I hate to harp on the Subban thing, but the fact that he's kind of evolving his mindset from, Oh, you know, we're not going to resign him to, Oh, maybe we will, we'll, you know, entertain the idea of it. Maybe he's kind of, fine-tuning maybe this offseason has made him fine-tune his thoughts about um where this team currently is because you know they could go through another couple of years of like oh like, you know rebuild and i think even last year i think they, they wanted this to be kind of their window year where you know they make a push back to the playoffs and it really did not work out um right. but he's got to kind of you know make a, a set path like do i want to do i want to keep rebuilding and get all these uh, you know insane prospects coming in or do i want to make a push forward and if you're going to get a talent like Pasternak, you're going to have to give up a, a ton of key pieces in that rebuilding uh, process. Now, with the cap space that they have, with the talent that they have, um, and with you know, the draft picks, obviously, that they have, I think that it's something that you know if they really, really, really wanted Pasternak, they could go put, you know, put together a massive haul, and, and that's what it would take. It would take a massive haul um, right. to get him. Uh, they would just have to have something that boxing could not turn down. But it also mm. depends on what Boston wants to do because you know with Cassidy being fired, yes, that's you know really a I think it was a pretty head scratching for a lot of people. But right, it also goes to show like at, at the end of the day, you don't really know what they're gonna do after this. or Does Cassidy being fired mean that oh, it's rebuild? They, they're gonna sell the whole team? I don't really mm. think it does uh, because they have a lot of uh, talented players in their team and you know a lot of older veteran players too. So. I think it really depends on both those factors. I think Pasternak, honestly, ending up in in New Jersey this season is is unlikely, um, but that's just me.
1: I think that's a fair point because, again, um, the agent for David Pasternak went on TSN uh, yesterday, if I believe on Wednesday, uh, or I think it was Wednesday or Thursday, and he said that uh, he's not sure where that report came out about Pasternak doesn't want to re-sign in Boston because uh, Don Sweeney is the general manager. Um, His agent also said that uh, when July 13th, I think, comes around, negotiations for a contract extension will then begin, and they'll kind of go from there. And I did also mention to my listeners that, look, if the Devils really wanted David Pasternak, they could also just bank on the hope that he reaches free agency the, the following season, and they could just go after him then without having to give up any sort of assets. But I think it all depends a lot on what you said, Ryan. You know, What does Boston want to do? And Boston is right now focusing on finding their next head coach. They may hire a first-time head coach. Maybe this is the beginning of a rebuild for Boston. We, we have no idea, but they certainly have a lot of talent that they can use to rebuild around guys like Pasternak and also Jake DeBrusque and Charlie McAvoy and things like that. And also just having a young goaltender like Jeremy Swayman. So I think it's definitely, um, it was definitely newsworthy to talk about. But like you like you said as well, I think the chances of it happening this year is pretty slim. But I'm sure that Fitzgerald put David Pasternak on that list of guys that would be worth trading the second overall pick four, because that's something that Fitzgerald had talked about. And, you know, kind of shifting to talking about the second overall pick, that is another major topic of discussion involving the New Jersey Devils. What are they going to do with this pick? Are they going to draft somebody like a Shane Wright, um, a Juraj Slavkovsky, a Logan Cooley? Are they going to trade it away for a top tier player? You know, there, there's all these different, um, you know, speculations out there and all these different options that the Devils um, could certainly go with. In, in your opinion, in your opinion, Ryan, what do you think is the best course of action when it comes to the Devils and the second overall pick?
0: In my opinion, this just tough. I go really back and forth with this. I think every day I wake up I'm like, oh, the Devils should trade it. No, they shouldn't the next day. Um, right. It's like, it's one of those weird things. I think that if you get somebody like a Slavkovsky, um, or, you know, you, you in any other year, the Devils should take that and, and run with it. You know what I mean? They should definitely right. take him. But at the same time, it, it, it goes back to that window, that Fitzgerald uh, winning championship window thing when does he want this to happen? Does he want it to happen next year? Obviously every team wants to win the championship every year, but you know, those realistic expectations that he has to factor in, he has to factor in, you know, when his team will be ready, um, when these prospects will develop when these, and just when these young guys in the roster will develop as well. Um, So Mm -hmm. I think it's going to, you know, really depend on on what Fitzgerald's mindset is. And I'm sure, you know, if my mindset changes every day, I'm sure his probably does too, but he really needs to get a set plan uh, in place for that pick. Now, with that being said, just mentioning a couple of prospects, I think Slotkovsky is amazing. Um, and I wouldn't rule out – I really would not rule out Nemec, too. Um, yeah. You know, Nemec. Just, I love a good goal-scoring defenseman. I love it. Like, like <laughs> there's nothing I like better than, than than McCarr. They're like, you know, a Roman Yossi type of guy. I right. just love it. And that dude, you know, he can freaking score – and, you know, his, 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 his shooting and his passing is just so nice, and he's so big, too. So I just I – lo- I love uh, Nemec's um, prospects as a talent – or talented prospect, I should say. Um, and then, obviously, Slutkovsky, and I think Shane Wright is, is out of the question here. But, you know, it's just one of those things I got to go back and forth with, um, and I, I'm really anticipating – you know, seeing what, what's going to happen with it. And, you know, um, I'm going to try to, uh, you know, get get to the bottom of what Tom Fitzgerald uh, is, is wanting to do in the next couple of weeks here. I really am.
1: And we're excited to obviously, you know, find out ourselves as to what the Devils really want to do. And I think that I, I could probably say with pretty good certainty, as of the time of this recording, Fitzgerald is still not a hundred percent sure what the Devils are going to do with that pick. I'm sure he's gotten calls. I'm sure he's gotten different options. And uh, I feel very confident that Fitzgerald will end up making the right decision that is going to be most beneficial for the New Jersey Devils. Now, the last thing, Ryan, that I wanted to discuss with you really quick, and again, thank you so much for taking time out of your day to jump on the podcast, is a really fascinating article that you put out earlier this week talking about Devils prospect A.J. Greer, who spent most of the season down in Utica, did have a couple of cups of coffee with the Devils, and he actually was one of the better players on Utica. But, you know, the title of your article really just talks about A.J. Greer conquering his mental health battle and also striving for NHL stardom. So could you kind of give us a little bit of taste of that article and just talking to AJ Greer about his struggles and his motivation to being a consistent NHL player.
0: Yeah. So, so this story kind of evolved really quickly. Um, I actually originally reached out to Greer because of uh, like a different story that I was doing on, on someone else uh, on the Devils that I'm writing. Uh, it's a little teaser for that, but I was just trying to, you know, get, get a prospect's look at, at something that I'm writing about. And then, like, I go on his Wikipedia, I'm, I'm researching him a little bit, and, you know, you just see in his in his personal life, his little bio there, that, that you know, he's been open about his mental health struggles, and I just know that that's such a big thing. And, and um, oh, man, I can't remember which player it was in the Rangers, and I don't want to say the wrong name, uh, but there was someone on the Rangers that they said um, was, uh, you know, struggling through mental health stuff and has been open about it, vocal about it. So I was like, this is big with hockey players right now. I'm just going to, you know, I'll ask him, questions I need to ask him, and then I'll, I'll ask him about this, too. And we just kind of talked for a while, long time, a um, long, long time. And he was just so open, so candid about things. And, you know, he just basically says that that it was two things that, that really helped him out um, with his with his mental health struggles was, um, first and foremost, seeing a sports psychologist. He, he has a girlfriend and a, a family who's in the psychology field, and they really, really uh, push for that. Um, but number two was I'm gonna do Jersey. Like I, I know it's gonna sound cliche, and it kind of sounds like a little like, oh, like, you know, I came to the devils, of course, you know, we going to write about that. No, like it's that's literally what he said. Like I, I you know, I wouldn't have just like said oh he got happy to hear the devils instead. He said that straight up. Um and I thought that was really fascinating. Like I don't think that necessarily implies that he was that Colorado was the reason that, you know. Uh, he was so upset and stuff like that, but I think it was more the decisions that he made in Colorado, because for the mindset he had in Colorado, that was affecting him. And when he got the New Jersey post uh, sports psychologist import, uh, appointments, I think you know he could have came to any team and he was trying to. But New Jersey, for their credit, like they, have, they're really um, their development department is really focused on that. They just hired uh, Angus Mugford, who um, you know he's worked with with the health specialists um, in the past. He's He's worked in stuff ranging from the Toronto Blue Jays to the um, IMG Academy in Florida yep. to the U.S. military special ops. So that's some pretty crazy stuff, right there. Like you know, he's dealing <laughs> with a lot of like good stuff, and he's really um, you know an expert in that field. Um, just just the crazy, crazy resume. I love it, love it, love it. Um, and and then Megan Duggan too. Like she's someone who who's right. so uh, uh, mindful of of being an advocate for a bunch of different groups, and and you know she's an advocate for the players too like she's she understands the struggles of of navigating through and and she's just someone that gets it and i think a lot of people on that front office staff get it and AJ Greer, he he wants to be he wants to be the guy you know i I saw a couple people saying online and i agree with this he could be someone that that could evolve into being he's never going to be a first liner but he could be someone that evolves into being you know your 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 third liner your fourth liner on a on a on a good team and he's one of those guys like Oh, what was that guy His name? Uh, a couple of years back, actually, many years back, I think it was like Nathan Horton or something like that. Just like, just like a guy, and I don't even remember what position Nathan Horton was. Uh, Horton was, but I'm thinking of guys that like were not superstars by any means, but just mm-hmm. people that like on a cup run or in like a playoff run, you just kind of remember um, as being those like those like dogs. You know what I mean? Uh, right. And I think I think that Greer has a little bit of that dog in him. I know that's kind of a meme right now, but yeah, I really do, and and he's he's doing really well.
1: And and it's great to hear. It's great to hear um, that, you know, he's doing everything he can, you know, to be the best version of himself. And that's obviously what a lot of us strive for. In life, and I've always been a pretty big fan of AJ Greer. I've talked about him before on the podcast. About he was one of those guys that was kind of a surprise with how much how how successful he was down in Utica this year, being a leader and really helping out the guys. And uh, obviously, sure it was tough to kind of keep going up and down from Utica to New Jersey and not getting a whole lot of opportunities. But like you mentioned, mind he certainly could be a guy that maybe long-term could be a guy that could help us on the bottom six. So I think that uh, something to keep in mind and, and something that uh, we look forward to seeing him continuing to get better as a, as a person and also as a hockey player. Well, Ryan, this has been absolutely phenomenal to have you on the podcast uh, for the first time. And uh, we're, we're excited to have you on again in the near future. But before you go, and I do this with all of my guests, I give them the chance to let the folks at home know where they can follow them on social media and also any you know types of work and things like that that you got, uh, you got coming up. So my friend, the floor is yours. Awesome. Yeah. So um, first and foremost, thanks
0: for having me on. I, I certainly hope this is not the last time I'm on. Uh, it was a really great time. So I uh, appreciate you for that. you got to do really good work over here. Um, and, you know, I, I just say, follow me on Twitter. My Twitter is uh, RyanNovo62, R-Y-A-N-N-O-V-O-62. Um, and, yeah, like, look, the Devils have not had a, had a, a beat writer for NJ.com um, since, since Chris Ryan was here. And Chris has been right. instrumental. Uh, you know, he's, he's been a really great guy and helped me out and stuff like that. Um, just kind of getting me, evolved uh, involved into the beat, but, you know, I definitely, you know, pride myself on, on, uh, on really giving it my own in terms of reporting and stuff like that. I'm young. I'm going to probably, you know, not, not get every single scoop, but I'm going to uh, damn, be damn sure that I'm going to try to, um, and I will definitely, you know, have some good coverage for you guys. And, um, I just want to give this a little teaser. I have, I talked to a former Devils player today, um, that maybe a lot of Devils fans kind of hate, um, but he wants to give a little explanation of of, of uh, something that he did a couple of years back that um, he wanted to really explain
1: about. So that's a little teaser that'll be coming out um, pretty soon. Awesome. Well, I'm looking forward to seeing that piece when it comes out. Ryan, thank you so much, my friend, for coming on. And like I said before, we will definitely have you on again on the podcast and looking forward to your tremendous coverage of this team and uh, all the stuff you got coming up in the future. But thank you so much for your time today.
0: Thank you so much, my man. I appreciate it.